Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck, a medallia company, and the Success League. StrikeDeck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The StrikeDeck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for their organization. We also offer a certification program for CSMs and coaching for customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hare, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. Today, our podcast features a member of the Customer Success Leadership Network Governing Council, Amelia Dansica, and Amelia has served in many CS leadership roles and as a consultant in our field. She is a frequent speaker within the realms of customer success and leadership and writes about these topics as well. We're going to be talking today about emotional intelligence and why that is important as a leader in customer success and also how you can develop your emotional intelligence. Amelia, thanks so much for joining me today and for representing the Customer Success Leadership Network. Kristen, thank you for having me. So first, can you give us a little insight into your career path and how you landed in customer success? Well, I think several people on your show probably have said the same thing. Um, They didn't imagine being in customer success and started in this field before it even had a name. And that happened with me about 12, 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. I was a project management professional managing engineering projects when the company went bankrupt. And the founder of Jobvite called me and asked me if I wanted to become a uh, customer-facing project manager. Because at the time, CS didn't really have a name yet. Yeah. (laughs) From there, I worked in almost every uh, element of customer success out there, from training, uh, support, customer success, and account management in terms of renewals. And I slowly built my career. Uh, by working at different companies. And then about two and a half years ago, I decided to go out on my own and have been consulting since. Fantastic. So just to get us started on our topic today, um, can you tell us what emotional intelligence is and why you think it's so important to CS leaders? I am going to steal a quote from (laughs) the, (laughs) The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by author Patrick Lencioni. I love that. Yeah, he describes emotional intelligence in uh, a perfect way for me, if there's such thing as perfect. Um, He says, emotional intelligence, it's not education, not experience, not knowledge, or intellectual horsepower. None of these serve as inadequate predictor as to why one person succeeds and another doesn't. There is something else going on that society doesn't seem to account for. 
And before 1990, emotional intelligence didn't exist in the workplace by name. It was out there, but people didn't know what it was. And in 1995, Daniel Goleman wrote a book called Emotional Intelligence. Mm -hmm. I encourage everyone to read it. Um, And he really coined it. And since then, several writers have been uh, applying it and talking about how it really does have a significant impact on the success of organizations and individuals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, as we were preparing for this interview, you shared a breakdown of emotional intelligence. And I think this was really interesting. Basically, it's broken into two areas, personal competence and social competence. And those two areas then are broken down into two additional areas, giving us four areas total. It's really self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. And I'd like to touch on all four of these areas in a little more depth. Can we start with self-awareness? What What is that? And how do you think it relates to CS leadership? Self-awareness is really being aware of your emotions in that moment. Okay. And uh, there was a huge study done by Travis Bradbury and Jean Greaves across 3,000 professionals uh, and over the course of five years. And they found that very few people in the moment while they're at work, while they're talking to people in their private lives, they're not able to identify what emotions they're having. And as a result, they're not able to control them. And Mm -hmm. so the first step in really harnessing emotional intelligence to your advantage is to become self-aware of your emotions. And a really good um, a really good definition is not about discovering these deep, dark secrets or unconscious motivations, but rather it comes from understanding what really gets you excited. And that, that um, definition of self-management is from the book EQ 2.0. And I, I can really, when I read the book, I thought, wow, this is really interesting. I don't just think about what emotions I'm experiencing in that moment, I just keep going with mm-hmm. the conversation. And that can often get people in trouble. I know it's gotten me in trouble uh, by saying things <laughs> I wish I hadn't. But um, once you become self-aware, then you can start moving into the next topic, which we'll yeah. discuss, I'm sure. Yes, I'm going to ask you a question about that. But yeah, I, I know that feeling too, where you're, you know, maybe you're in a meeting and you know you're feeling frustrated, but you just kind of keep plowing ahead and you don't really label that feeling as frustrated. You just think I'm just getting work done and it causes you to maybe say things you shouldn't say, or maybe say things that you should say, but maybe not in that moment. And you have to kind of balance that, you know, getting your job done and saying what you need to say with when is the right time to say that? And how should I position that? And if you're not aware of your feelings in that moment, it's tough to do that. I think. Yeah. Yes. And as a leader, I, I have not only asked people who I reported to, but I've been put in this position as well from people reporting to me, asking really difficult questions and not having the answer in that moment. And if you're able to be aware of, all right, this is a good question. It's tough. And it's putting Mm -hmm. me in an uncomfortable situation. 
because I don't know the answer. The best answer can be is, can we talk about this when I'm more prepared for it? And then Mm -hmm. go back and be prepared for it so that you can have a meaningful conversation instead of getting upset or defensive. Yeah. And that kind of starts to go into, I think, the second area, which is self-management. So how do you see that as different from self-awareness and how is it relevant to CS leaders in your perspective? Once you identify what really makes you tick, what upsets you, what gets you excited, and a lot of these books uh, around emotional intelligence have these EQ tests you can take and you can Mm -hmm. keep taking them over time to (laughs) see how you develop. And that is really what self-management is. It's something that you can learn. So one, you have to have this personal competence about yourself. Who am I? What makes me tick? And then two, how do I manage myself when Mm -hmm. I'm in situations that make me uncomfortable, that I'm not, I don't feel confident uh, discussing how do I, how do I manage those feelings and get through the conversation successfully? And with repetition, so practice with people you trust, whether it's your colleagues, a mentor, a coach. Uh, you can get better and you can really learn your self-management skills. Some people will call a timeout in a meeting and ask everyone to come back if you're in a really heated situation where everyone can calm down and then come back and have a better conversation. Others will recognize that they don't have good listening skills. So they start working on listening skills as part of their self-management. So that's really important. And that's what it means, becoming aware of who you are, uh, what you're really good at, and opportunities to grow. For one more example here I'll give is uh, in earlier in people's careers, they may make assumptions and not ask enough questions. And that Mm -hmm. may take them down the wrong path. And so that's an example of why you really need to Uh, learn to become more self-aware of your emotions and Mm -hmm. start asking more questions and listening as part of your self-management. Yeah, there's an example that we use in our class on, um, you know, difficult conversations. And and it's, you know, a person who, you know, she shared this with us and she said, you know, earlier in her career, she um, had gotten passed over for a promotion and she got really upset about it and went into her boss's office kind of planning to attack him for her for making that decision and um and she hadn't really asked any questions about it and he luckily stopped her before she really got into the conversation and said hey by the way i had been meaning to pull you aside you know i know your your coworker got promoted but i wanted to let you know i have this other position in mind for you and it ended up being a much better job and i've just been kind of waiting for human resources to get all the pieces in place so i just wanted to give you a heads up on that and she's like oh man <laughs> i am so glad he caught me before i just you know started yelling you know she's mm-hmm. like i was so upset and i didn't ask any questions and i didn't really know what was going on and i went in kind of with the wrong intentions and so i think that's a fantastic example um, that somebody shared in one of our classes that i think Um, goes right along with this. And I think to your point, learning to ask questions instead of jumping to conclusions is so important. Agreed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So before we continue with the rest of the interview, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. 
The Customer Success Leadership Network is a thought leadership group that focuses on increasing the adoption of customer success principles and practices, which enable businesses to achieve and sustain growth through customer retention and expansion. The broader group is governed and managed by the Customer Success Leadership Network Governing Council, a group of practicing customer success executives who are passionate about nurturing and expanding the customer success function in the software industry and evangelizing the discipline as a whole. For more information about this organization and the resources they offer, please visit customersuccessnetwork.com. And now back to the interview. Let's move on to the social skills. So the third area is social awareness. Can you tell us more about this piece of emotional intelligence? Yes. So first of all, there are many um, facets to social skills, but really what, what it means is being aware when you're in social situations and the many different types of people that might be in that situation. So I'll give you an example. Right now, there are four generations across the workforce. And and when you think about that and you're in a social situation, someone who was, um, let's just say, call a baby boomer, born in the 40s to mid 60s, they may have had, well, they definitely had a very different experience than um, a millennial born between the 80s and the late 90s. And so when you're in a situation with different people who have gone through different experiences to make an assumption based on the fact that you might be a generation X is, is going to put you in trouble when it comes to being in a social situation, because you're not taking into account the different generations, or if you think about genders or different, um, cultures. I've worked with uh, walking into a company. I was a director, the first woman on the leadership team. And um, uh, I was in North America and the rest of the team came from other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And my background, I'm um, Italian Canadian, is mm-hmm. very different culturally than, than the, the team I had inherited. So I really had to take into account Um, how is one my gender and how are my leadership skills from a different culture going to impact how we communicate and interact? So just being really aware of the different forces that will impact you in a social setting with other people Mm -hmm. is the third element of emotional intelligence. Yeah, I think that's such an important piece that has really kind of come um, under a, a closer lens, I guess, in the last few months as we've been in the middle of COVID and we've been in the middle of, um, you know, a, I guess an increase in racial and gender awareness in the workplace um, during this time. And it's also been a time of, um, you know, economic crisis. And so there's a lot of differences between people that are really surfacing right now and differences between cultures. And I think that this is, um, such a critical piece. I mean, it's always a critical piece, but right now I think it's it's getting a lot of focus, which in some ways is really good, but it means that people need to be aware of that and really take action on it, which I think is what you're leading to next, which is the final <laughs> piece of the puzzle, relationship management. And not in the 
customer success sense of relationship management, but in the emotional intelligence sense. How do you see that relating to CS leadership? So the the number one takeaway when, when I was learning about relationship management from a, an EQ perspective is it heavily impacts organizational behavior and development. And as a result, that will impact your customers. So as a leader, it's incredibly important to be objective and unbiased. That's what being objective means. That's what mm-hmm. successful relationship management managers or leaders are. They're objective, they're unbiased, they ask questions, they mm-hmm. motivate teams to come to an executive decision without letting their biases get in the way. They will lead them, they will express their feelings, but they let the team come to a conclusion. And that's really an in, in, incredibly important Uh, skill that takes time to develop. And like you mentioned, especially during COVID, you need to have really strong relationship management skills uh, to be motivational Mm -hmm. because so many companies, I mean, you can read it all over the web. So many companies are struggling with keeping the team morale up. Uh, LinkedIn just sent me um, an article around how are you motivating your teams We'd love yeah. to hear your story. And I think that's really important is, is being aware of, are you being objective when you're managing a team or are you letting your feelings get in the way of decisions being made? Um, a, a, a book that's been just published, not for customer success, but actually for sales success is focused on emotional intelligence because people are realizing just how important EQ can be for the success of relationships with customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's absolutely critical, and I think um, you bring up a really good good point that you know it, it really it it becomes a little more on the surface when we're in the middle of a crisis. Um, it's something we all kind of assume we know, but you know, now during COVID, it, it's kind of come to a point, which I think is an important thing to call out. And and I, I will say that some strategies that I've used for relationship management is using more um, technology or tech, tech tools to have more communication, especially during uh, COVID, but putting a limit on it before and after work hours so people don't feel like they always have to be on. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important. And then being concerned, having true empathy. So acknowledging fears and feelings, that's really important to do it as a leader. And it shows empathy and being able to share your, your own stories. Um, One person I've worked with, he, he manages a very large team and he said, you know what? I have these early morning calls with my team. I put my baseball cap on and I show them the real me. I don't want them to feel like they can't be their authentic self when I'm asking them to be on an early morning call. And so that's that those are just a couple ideas to help your own relationship management strategies for for leaders who are maybe struggling with with leading teams during COVID. 
Yeah, I was talking to one of our clients actually um, earlier this week, and he was saying that he kind of lets his team off the hook a little bit on the internal meetings. Um, they, they're required to be on camera for the external meetings with clients, but for the internal meetings, they don't have to be so on and they can opt to turn off their camera occasionally, although not all the time. Um, so he's kind of set up some different rules for the internal versus the external meetings to try to make it a little easier on everybody. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's a really different situation when you go from, you know, being uh, somebody who's mostly on the phone or mostly in person to feeling like you basically have to have a camera crew on you all the time <laughs> to look like you're professional on Zoom. And so, you know, I, I think that everyone's still learning those skills. Not everybody has a beautiful ring light to use. So, um, you know, I think I think giving people a little bit of a break is great during this time. Um, I, I want to ask about your work with leaders and teams to develop emotional intelligence. H have you done that? And if so, how did you approach it? I have. And the I always start with why is this important to you? Or why has this suddenly surfaced as a topic that might mm -hmm. be interesting to you and your team? Uh, if they come to me asking more about emotional intelligence and how can we incorporate it in our work? And then for other clients that I work with that come to me because they're struggling and they, they want to advance their career, then we really go into, well, what do you think is holding you back? Let's talk about what are you really good at? So that, again, that's becoming more self-aware. Mm -hmm. And how can we apply that to relationship management? So why have you been passed up? Or why are you unhappy with your job? Maybe maybe you've been doing this for so long, you feel like you have to keep doing it. You're not letting yourself uh, think about what would be really, what would really make you happy. So mm -hmm. that's when you get uncomfortable. And that's when you can really start growing is becoming more self aware of what makes you tick and then start managing your, your, your key assets, your key traits, your superpowers to succeed. I think those are the, that's where I would start when I, I was, when I've worked with people on emotional mm -hmm. intelligence. What are some of the results that you've seen from teams who have applied emotional intelligence to their work in our field? The main, I would say the main takeaways that I've seen are one, being able to be more transparent okay. and candid in meetings. So taking the emotion away Mm -hmm. And doing it in a respectful way. So mm -hmm. if you can say to someone, I disagree with what you're saying, and here's why, then it will, it will lead to a healthy conversation. But if you don't feel comfortable with your feelings and, and how you're responding to someone's presentation, for example, you may hide those feelings and um, not ever bring it up when your ideas mm -hmm. may be amazing. So it's all about how are you saying something in a way that's constructive. And today, when I was working with a client, we're, we're doing a workshop together. I asked her, I said, do you think the head of global customer success will feel comfortable having these type of conversations with the team? And she said, yes, she's so open. That's why she's sponsoring this event. And so it's just really 
important to make sure that you start at the top, making sure that your leadership is um, aligned and willing to have these open conversations. And that's the outcome is having starting at the top is you have to make sure that your leadership's aligned. And from there, those actions, those role models will trickle through the rest of the organization. So if someone in the audience really wanted to learn more about emotional intelligence and develop themselves in that area, what are some of the resources they should look for? And I know you've mentioned quite a few as we've gone through this, mm-hmm. but what are some what are some of your favorites? I the one that had the biggest impact on me and I I can't say it's an emotional intelligence book, but it does hit on so many of the points is Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Oh yeah. That I think that's really important. Uh, Emotional Intelligence 2.0 is is a really good book. It's easy to to read. You can get through it very quickly. And um, what I took away from it and what I use often is even though we're on Zoom, I can, if someone's rolling their eyes or wanting to roll their eyes, (laughs) you can tell right away, you better call on that person. They're not agreeing with you. They have something to say. Um, So being able to identify those cues, I I think I learned a lot of those type of things. Even someone talking to you with their arms crossed means they're not happy. (laughs) They are not open to this conversation. So just um, letting your arms down will do wonders when you're in a heated conversation. And then I have not read this book, but I am fascinated and want to read it because it just came out is Emotional Intelligence for Sales Success. Um, uh, so many studies have been done and it, it's true. They've proven that it's not your IQ that gets you ahead in life. It's what you do with your emotional intelligence. So what you do with your intelligence, how do you act on it is what will really put you, take you to the next level. And so, um, I'm assuming, and I can't wait to see in this book, how she applies emotional intelligence for sales. And I imagine in customer success, you can apply many of those tactics as well. That would be my guess too, although I have to admit I haven't read that book yet either. Um, I think another one that might go kind of hand in hand with this, it's not specifically on emotional intelligence, but I I think it kind of ties together really nicely is StrengthsFinder series. So there's StrengthsFinder 2.0, there's Now Discover Your Strengths, there's Strengths-Based Leadership. And all of those kind of help you identify what your own strengths are. And each strength kind of has a shadow side, I think, where, you know, if you're really good at winning others over, um, you know, maybe you're less good at listening. And, you know, if you're really good at strategy, maybe you're less good at asking questions and trying to understand, you know, what's going on with the people you're working with. And so I think that that series may be able to help people kind of identify areas where they need to do a little work in the emotional intelligence area. So I think that that would be another good one to take a look at from my perspective. Yes, we'll have to share these resources. (laughs) (laughs) We will. Um, So last question, this is when we ask everybody that comes on the podcast, what do you see as the biggest trend in customer success right now and why? That's a, that's a tough question. I would say right now, 
while some industries are booming, uh, maybe not in San Francisco, but in other parts <laughs> of the Bay Area, and so hence real some real estate companies are are booming. Um, I would say others are shrinking, like event companies, for example. They're reinventing themselves. And as a result, customer success managers are shifting maybe their focus. They may be uh, having to develop new skills, such as what mm -hmm. we've been talking about, empathy. And mm -hmm. then as companies, you've seen um, many companies have cut back their workforce they're now identifying what can technology do we really need in mm -hmm. our tech stack and what technology uh, don't we need and why. So I right. think just be, having a greater focus on internal, pe some people uh, never imagined that working from home works. Um, <laughs> maybe not for everyone, yeah. but, but for many. And so just looking at internal resources and technology as something that is so, so important. Um, and of course, holding on to customers right now mm -hmm. is more important than ever. Taking care of your current customers right. is really important when everyone's cutting budgets. Right. People aren't buying new stuff right now in general. Some people are, but not very many. And so, yeah, hanging on to those existing customers, absolutely. And I think your point on internal tools is interesting, too. I mean, I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I feel like I now have to have like this whole setup in my office to be, you know, looking good and professional on camera <laughs> because I'm on camera all day long. You know, those are tools that pretty much everybody needs to have, you know, who's customer facing to have at their disposal. And so I think companies are having to think about that, like what you know, does everybody need a ring light? Does everybody need a good mic? You know, how do we make sure everybody's set up with Wi-Fi that doesn't cut out halfway through the Zoom meeting because eight people in their family are trying to do work and school and everything from home, you know? Exactly. So <laughs> I think that's all things that companies are having to really consider. And, you know, as this drags on longer and longer, are realizing they can't just wing it but it's going to be something that is a little more permanent than we all thought. I'm experiencing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, Amelia, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today and representing the Customer Success Leadership Network. I really appreciate your ideas and examples and advice, and I'm really sure our audience did too. So thank you. Thank you, Kristen. If someone wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, Amelia at growthmolecules.com. Okay, perfect. I also want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io, and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And finally, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.